0: Now, for the show that brings combat sports stories to life from the great state of Ohio, this is Forged in Ohio. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 53 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murrin, and I'm the host of the podcast. This is officially the first episode to drop in year two of Forged in Ohio. And it's pretty special that we recently reached 5,000 total downloads and it's been pretty special to see this growth of in ohio in just a year's time i know it's only up from here in year number two with the support i'm getting from all of you the ohio combat sports fans so for all of that and more thank you very very much now for today's guest though what you actually came here for he wrapped up his amateur career on september 16th with a decision win in the co-main event of a nightmare promotions card improving his record to six and four but now that record for this strong style product gets wiped as he signed a contract for his pro debut with cage thunder for december 16th inside the canton civic center it's charles one-way manson Payne. charles thanks for joining me on the show and welcome to forging ohio man
1: what's going on man how's it going
0: it's going well, man. I always appreciate fighters joining me, so the same here, man. Before we get into that pro contract, what it means to you and all that stuff, I want to reflect on your time as an amateur fighter. You're coming off a win last month. That was your first in MMA in over a year with that layoff. How good did it feel to get back in there and pick up a win?
1: It felt amazing to finally get back in the cage, because like, after, after my last fight last July, I... I was trying to just rack up a bunch of grappling and grappling and grappling, just trying to compete every jujitsu match I could. But then, of course, that come with risks, and <laughs> I paid for it because I got my knee popped in the in the back in last October, and then finally coming back in September. Like it felt amazing to finally get back in the cage again, because it was just like this misery, just like <laughs> recovering, 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 and then finally getting back in there. It was like man, like I, I love it.
0: Were you confident after the knee injury that you would be able to recover right and get back in the cage after, you know, recovering from the injury?
1: I know for a fact I would get back in there. Whether my leg was put together with uh, the sewing needles, I would put it back together and get back in there. Like, I, I, I had to get back at least to just make my, my pro debut, like, at least for that, I knew for sure, like, I'm getting back in the cage regardless of how it got to happen, like, I, I knew that for sure.
0: In terms of the severity of the injury, is that the worst you've had competing or had there been worse?
1: Competing, yeah, that's the worst I've had. But I had like lingering injuries in that same knee from before that that I didn't even know about until this one. Because once I got this one, it was so bad that like I had to go get an MRI and then they were just like, hey, you've been had a bunch of, you've been had issues in here that you might not have known about. But then, hey, it's, it is what it is now.
0: <laughs> Did you ever notice it like affecting you inside the cage in your amateur fights or even in the grappling competitions? Did you notice like your knee was bugging you at all?
1: Uh, like it's always it's been kind of creaky for years, but like it never really like hindered anything. I was still able to move and stuff like that. But now it's just after doing all of this rehab and stuff like that, it's better than it's ever been. And now I'm training smarter. I don't practice without knee pads no more.
0: Yeah, definitely. So when you make your return to the cage, were there any nerves going into it knowing that you're coming off that injury like receiving leg kicks or messing with it in any way? Did you have any nerves of impacting it one way or another?
1: Andrew tore my leg up. Oh. It's <laughs> like he he knew. Like, <laughs> he was kicking the hell out of my leg. But I like, I knew it was going to be like uh, some hurdles to get over just as far. But I was glad after he hit me with the first leg, he goes like, okay, all right, right, I'm. it's stable. Like, that's all I was worried about was it being stable. And then when he shot his first shot and I had to twist it and turn it, like, okay, I'm good. I had nothing to worry about after that. But leading up, I was like, oh, Jesus, man, I hope I can. Because like, it wasn't taped up or nothing. So it was just like, it was It was some nerves, but hey, it paid off.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did, man. Did you feel any cage rust on September 16th, or did you feel good going in there and going to the distance?
1: Definitely some rust. That's why I wanted to, because I, I planned on making my pro debut last year. But once I got hurt, I was like, all right, maybe not yet. And I wanted to take a fight before that so I wouldn't have cage rust going into my pro debut. I wanted to, like, at least get it all knocked off in this last, like, take one more amateur fight and then be like, okay, boom. We got that out of the way and about to go throw it or not. But it was definitely, like... Mental mistakes, like, not as much as like, my physical movement, but like, mental mistakes where I was like, why are you doing that? Or what, watching the fight back, like, what, why did you do What are you doing? Like, So, definitely stuff is gone. When I actually have my pro debut, it's going to be things that didn't happen in there. But.
0: So, going into that fight, you knew that it would absolutely be your last amateur fight. The pro debut was coming right after. 100%. Looking back... But no doubt. Yeah, for sure, man. I'm excited for the pro debut, and we'll get to it here in just a minute. Looking back on your time as an amateur fighter, though, from 2018 to 2023, what would you say you learned most about yourself and what I'm sure was one hell of a journey?
1: Resilience. because Even because my actual amateur career started in 2018, but I've been training on and off. Like I took my first steps in the strong style back in 2011. But then, like, I got got hurt way back when. Like, I hurt myself way back when because I didn't – because I was – I started off boxing, but I wasn't, like, a boxer, but I was, like, training at a little boxing gym. Well, yeah, a little boxing gym over on 105 called Corey's. I don't think it exists no more. But I was back in 2010, but then I transitioned to MMA back in 2011. Like, my little cousin had came to me and, like, started getting me all into martial arts in general, like, as a a whole. So then – Man, I was just super into, like, I used to walk around and tell everybody I was Thai back when I was, <laughs> back then. I used to, like, I used, I used to uh, perm my hair and stuff, and then, like, <laughs> so it could be straighter so I could tell everybody I was Thailand. But then I got, like, super into martial arts as a whole, and then that's when I started wanting to do MMA. And then that's when I, and then when I got there, I was training, 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 but I realized, like, I don't know how to grapple at all. But I was like, ah, yeah, forget it, my striking good enough, but it, it wasn't. <laughs> I had just started and then got hurt and then started getting jobs that wouldn't allow me to go to practice and then of course the coaches weren't going to work with me back then because I was like I was a nobody just coming in there so of course they up about to make concessions for me at that point and then years and years later then I moved to North Carolina when I joined the military and then that's when I had my first fight down there but Just perseverance through all of it. Like, I'm going to fight. Like, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what age it starts, how many years it takes. I'm going to fight regardless of what it takes.
0: Yeah, sounds like there's been some up and downs in the journey as well. How old were you when your cousin actually roped you in to this combat sports journey? 19. 19 years old. How aware of the sport were you back then? Were, did you kind of know of mixed martial arts? Were you watching or was this something brand new to you?
1: I knew of it. Like, I was watching and stuff and I had like, I, but I was like, I was a casual at that point. Like, I didn't really, I didn't really know, know the sport. Like, I I didn't know the in-depth of grappling or in-depth of wrestling or what's needed and was like, I just knew, hey, I just want to compete. Like, that just fueled me and I never stopped after that.
0: When you first started, were you immediately addicted to the sport or were there times when you were potentially in and out and had a different type of relationship with mixed martial arts?
1: Nah, it was always a hundred percent go. Like but also when I was younger I was just like I was into a lot of partying and stuff too, so I didn't really even know I didn't have like a mentor. Like, to tell me, like, hey, yo, you can't be getting drunk on every weekend <laughs> and then going, then going trying to train and not drinking no water, fast food. Like, it, like I had no guidance. so I was just gung-ho. Hey, I'm going to go be a fighter. Not doing anything right. So, it was like, eh. But then eventually, once 2018 came around, I was old enough to be like, okay. And at that point, I finally figured it out. But never was I like, yeah, I, I might be done with this. Or, I don't want to do this no more. Or, this is too hard. Like, that was never a thing. Especially because of the whole reason I mainly wanted to get into combat sports as a whole box or anything in the first place. It was like, cause growing up, I got bullied and stuff a lot, being a tall, lanky, and being kid. And then, so when I got into training and stuff, it was like, okay, never again will I get bullied by anybody inside the cage outside the cage anything of the sort so it was never a time after that where i was like "Uh, maybe i'll be done like mm -mm.
0: did you ever have to use those skills you learned in the in the gym against guys who bullied you
1: no like i haven't been in a fight since i learned how to fight Mm. not a single one besides in the gym like but i'm I'm a you ask anybody at my gym i'm like the biggest sweetheart like you're not gonna ever see me get malicious, angry, like yelling at nobody. Like, I just, I didn't like competing. I got, I got kind of like the 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 whole Goku feel. Like that's kind of like my.
0: <laughs> yeah. Vegeta's
1: my favorite, but I I act more like Goku.
0: Yeah, I think I get that vibe too. Just looking at like the pictures you take in the gym with your teammates, everybody <laughs> puts a fist up or something, and you're just happy to be there, and you put up some funny poses, and I I kind of feel really- that vibe from you, you know. So when you, back in, uh, you, you you know, you were 19 years old, kind of a casual in the game, then you get more into it. Did you look up to any fighters or wrestlers growing up that inspired you to continue on and maybe replicate your game after them in, in a way or two?
1: Then, the very, like, my favorite sport combat athlete period was Roy Jones Jr. Like, he always been my favorite all around, everything. But, and then Floyd Mayweather back then, and then, my favorite MMA fighter was back back, back then it was Andre Orlovsky for some reason. I don't <laughs> I don't even their styles don't even replicate, but I I just I love I just love Andre Orlovsky. But see, that's who Roy Jones Jr. would always be my like all time favorite combat athlete though.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. How much experience do you have in boxing as, you know, the sport itself?
1: Zero boxing matches.
0: Zero boxing yeah, matches.
1: Just yeah, just train it.
0: Like Is it ever something you wanted to try, or not really?
1: I do, but it was just like I didn't want it to start getting in the way, and then like I wanted to grapple because I knew that was my that was my Achilles heel in MMA. So it was just like, do I want to dabble and dabble and just try stuff out, or am I trying to be the best fighter I could be? So then it just fell on the wayside.
0: Talking to Charlie One-Way Manson-Payne on Forge in Ohio. With your amateur career, you had three submission wins, but none by knockout. Are you still craving your first knockout win in mixed martial arts in your career?
1: I am to an extent. Hmm. Everybody get on me about that. Brands and everything get on me. Like, dude, why are you chasing submissions? Like, even in that last fight, like, even if you watch it, I, I was chasing a submission the whole fight. Like, instead of even throwing shots that i seen was there, I was just like, nah, nah. I seen in his last fight, he made this mistake. I'm going to get him to make that mistake, and I'm going to submit him. And it was like, he couldn't really hit me standing up, but I was just like, nah, I'm going to get this submission. Like, I I got a cruiser on and put my back on the fence on purpose to try to make him shoot. And it was like, he wasn't falling for it, and I still was going for it. Now, even when I got the arm bar in the second round, it was like, and I kept chasing the arm bar. Like, going to my back on purpose just to try to get an arm bar. Like, when I should have been going for the knockout because I was a better striker, but I, I wanted a submission so bad. But I'm I'm kind of turning my mentality a little bit because if I keep chasing submissions, I'm not gonna get them no more.
0: Do you have a favorite win, a favorite fight in your amateur career? You had ten fights, a couple submissions. One of them stick out among the others.
1: Well, it had to be my second fight, like when I fought Kyle Wright. That was definitely my favorite fight because that's when I actually knew like, okay, I could do this because I had first met Kyle when I had my first fight. When I had my first fight, it was me making my amateur debut at 185 and he had just fought his sixth fight for the, the uh, light heavyweight title for the same organization, Spartaca, Quebec, did. And then the next them that was in April. Yeah, that was in April. And then in June, that June, me and him had actually met. And I was talking to him, like, yeah, I was like, I'm thinking about going down to 170. He was like, Yeah, I'm thinking about going to 185. Like, we were just randomly talking backstage. And then I was, me, me and him fought that August. But in the, before that, like, I was preparing to go to 170. So I was losing weight, trying to, like, because I didn't even know how to cut weight. So I was just losing weight, dieting, and taking laxatives and stuff. So <laughs> and then I was just trying to get down to 170. And then my co well, then the fight had got cancelled at one seventy and it was like, Hey, we got a guy that's coming down to eighty five, we got Kyle Wright for you and I was like, I just met him. He, he cool, dude. And I was like, He big as hell though. I take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I take it. And then but his his record was three and three at the time and I was like, Okay, he's a seventh fight. Like that's that's a lot of fights going going on this seventh fight, it's gonna be my second fight. He just fought for the two oh five belt. I just made my debut. And then me and him went all three rounds, and I won the first round. He won the second. Then we had a close third round, but he pulled out the decision. But I was like – and and stepped down there, as an amateur, like, everything goes in Virginia. So it was punches, kicks, knees, elbows to the head, all of that. And after that fight, I was like, I, 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 I can do this. Like, I'm actually good. <laughs> and my heart and everything – like, my heart and everything is intact. Like, because I ate a lot of elbows in that second round. Like, a lot. <laughs> And then still made it to the third round and still was able to fight the whole third round. out. And I dropped him in the third, too. So I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can fight. Like, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm like that.
0: So five years later, tell me you're not still using laxatives to cut weight anymore.
1: Hell no. No, I got it. I got it figured out now. Nah, nah. <laughs> I'm good. just going back to 170. Like, so I'm actually a 170, a uh, Walter weight now. So yeah. Yeah, I, I got it figured out.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you say your favorite fight is the second of your career. It's a loss on your record, but like you said, you learned that, hey, I can actually do this and compete in mixed martial arts for a living. I thought you were going to say your uh, amateur title win at Clash at the Casino in 2022.
1: Yeah, that was, it wasn't, it was, it was a pretty easy win. Like, it wasn't yeah. like, because I like to, I do like to fight, like, as much as I'm not a fighter or a bully or like a or an aggressive person really at all, but I like to fight like, and I like I always wanted to have that kind of fight, even win or lose. I always wanted to have that kind of fight, and even when I fought uh, Taiwan Steals, that, like that was a fun fight too. Like both both two losses, but <laughs> two of my favorite fights really.
0: Did winning the amateur title mean much to you? I've talked to some fighters. They don't really think much of it. And other fighters, they really put a lot of weight into winning those titles.
1: It mainly meant something to me just to say, like, okay, I did put something on the mantle before I went pro. Like, I I did want to have, like, some type of title, like, before I did go pro. So, it definitely, it it means something to me. It's put up in my man cave, so it got to mean something.
0: There you go, man. Now, something I'm excited to talk to you about is this pro contract that you signed last week with Cage Thunder. It goes down on December 16th from the Canton Civic Center. First and foremost, how did all this really come together?
1: After the fight, I I, I took two weeks off, went back to the gym. My coach was like, hey, we going pro now? And I said, yep. And then he came back a couple weeks, he came back like, A week later, with an opponent, and I I didn't even hesitate to say yes. (laughs) I barely looked him up before I said yes.
0: Is it weird now that your record is wiped, you're now 0-0, starting this brand new journey as a professional mixed martial artist?
1: It is nice to have a fresh start and just the title. Like, that title just means a lot to me just in general, just because, like, okay, I'll be a pro fighter, like. Cause I don't, I don't take that lightly because a lot of people just look at it like hey, whatever is pro, but like I'm, I've technically be considered a pro athlete, which I always wanted to be since I was a kid. Like I used to want to play be a football player and I used to want to be a boxer and then I used to now be MMA fight, but somehow I made it to be a pro athlete, like <laughs> whatever it took to get there in some way, shape, or form. But yeah, like my opponent, he looked. He looked like a pretty solid fighter, too, so it looked like it could possibly be another good fight, so that excites me, too.
0: Yeah, this is a big step in your career. Do you Are you allowed to announce your opponent yet? I know Cage Thunder hasn't made it official quite yet on their social media and stuff like that, but are you allowed to say who you're actually fighting against on December 16th?
1: I ain't been told otherwise.
0: All right.
1: <laughs> uh, the guy named Nate Davies, he's been fighting forever. like, He only got 11 fights. He's 7-4 and four currently. Oh. Uh, yeah. But even fighting in like 2011, which is kind of like, what in the world? Like, we you been doing all this time. But I, I understand. It was same thing. Interesting. He just was fighting the whole time. And I was, when I stepped in the gym for the first time, I was out the gym. So, but uh, I, 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 I'm kind of the same path, except he just, his fights winged down like in the middle. And I just didn't have none in the beginning. Like, you know, so we kind of took the same path almost. And he didn't and he fought some pretty good guys too. Like he fought one of my teammates, AJ Dobson, like 2012. Uh,
0: yeah, and AJ obviously got, in the UFC now, so that's a big opponent yeah. there.
1: Yeah, so he didn't. <laughs> he didn't. He, he, he been in there with some guys.
0: For sure. So, in terms of just turning pro and going on this journey, what are you looking forward to more now that you are a pro mixed martial artist? No more limitations in terms of what strikes you can actually throw in fights, or no more same day weigh ins in the state of Ohio.
1: Yeah, living up here now is that that same day weigh ins. I was I got tired of that quick. Like that, <laughs> I got tired of that real quick. But mainly just. Not having to think about it no more. Like no matter what state I'm in, I can do whatever I want to do. And I got it coming back at me, so I gotta actually like just becoming a better fighter. Like I just want to be the best fighter I could be. Like I just, I want to see how far I could take it. Like I want to know. I want to know what I got in me. I want to test myself to the full extent. Like I ain't going back down from no opponent. If, if, if ever somebody tells you that they had a fight against me and I pulled out there there's a lie. If anything my coaches just tell me not to take it. But I'm not turning down on Because I just if you if you if you can step in the, if you can step on the scale and weigh the same amount that I weigh the day before the fight, I'll fight you. I don't care who you are. So yeah. I ain't I'm just looking forward to testing myself. Like I just I'm looking forward to all the tests. Like that's the, the biggest thing.
0: I love that approach to the fight game. The fight on the 16th, though, goes down in the Canton Civic Center. And that, that venue can hold more than 5,000 people. I'm assuming that's more than any venue you've competed in in your amateur career. How exciting is that, that you'll be fighting in front of that type of crowd?
1: It's close. My oh, really? first three, I fought at uh, the ODU at the their basketball arena down there in uh in Virginia, Virginia Beach. Uh, yeah, down in Virginia Beach, like I said, but, except here, like, well, down there, I didn't really, I didn't have a big crowd. Like, I just, I always brought, like, four or five people, so it wasn't like, it was a giant crowd, but it wasn't, like, my crowd. But being here, like, I actually be, it might be 50 or 60 of my own people in the crowd. So, that, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that, like, being in, or, and even just having my fans friends whoever like getting that experience to see me fight in that kind of venue like i think that'd be that'd be sweet because when my friends did it back when i was in virginia when i fought down there in that big venue down there like every time somebody came in and watched me fight they had a good time so i'm looking forward to
0: that is there any extra pressure on you when you do have that many friends and loved ones in attendance for your fights
1: to an extent but like it's all just beforehand, like because before every fight, I'm terrified. I've never been I've never been backstage before any fight and not been terrified like every time. But that's I look forward to being terrified because it's like okay now I gotta now I gotta go be brave now I gotta go face the demons and now I gotta go beat the bully like I have to go do that now because I'm scared. So like pressure because it's only been one fight that I didn't feel no pressure and I was just like, oh, I guess I somebody just go do this, whatever. And then the only fight I got finished. My entire time I've been fighting. The only time I got finished when I didn't feel no nerves and I wasn't scared. So I, I like I like to keep a healthy like fear and nerves and like having a a uh, a crowd of people that's actually there to watch me it definitely intensifies it. But once the door closes, like all that stuff drowns out anyway. Like as soon as the cage door close. you know, all you all you hear is your coaches. You you might hear the crowd, like, but this mumbo jumbo, you don't you don't really know what they're saying.
0: Something else that I'm sure makes this pro debut even more special for you is the card itself, because I know a lot of guys from Strong Style will be on it. Chase Arcangelo already put pen to paper, and I know Miles Robinson, Walter syce they're trying to get on it as well. How excited are you to fight alongside teammates on December 16th?
1: John Cunningham, too. He put pen to paper. It's always fun fighting alongside Walker. That's been my... Since I first moved back up here from North Carolina, then Miles, you see the trajectory he on, So even fighting against somebody like him, where it, like I'm pretty sure he UFC bound one day, and then fighting next to Chase, like one of the top amateurs in the whole state, far as I'm concerned. And then fighting with my boy John, like he it's, it's gonna be his first fight with us. Like it's gonna be, uh, it, it's just fun in general. I, I love fighting with my teammates, firemen backstage and everything.
0: Yeah, I can imagine that the environment backstage is something else, but also, what about the environment at Strong Style right now? So many big fights on the horizon. I'm sure there's a different energy to it, you know?
1: Well, yeah, everybody beating the hell out of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Never get tired of that. Yeah, like, because Cause, cause cause we always, sparring for us is always kind of intense, but once camps, once everybody starts getting in camps, like, it's like, Okay, now now we're hitting.
0: (laughs) Perhaps the biggest, I know a lot of fights are going down on December 16th for Strong Style, but the biggest one, of course, is Stipe Miocic going up against John Jones on November 11th for the UFC heavyweight title. How confident are you that Stipe will walk out of MSG as the new heavyweight champion?
1: i done put my money on Stipe plenty of times, and I'm going to do it again.
0: Yes, sir. (laughs) I love it, Without question. I love it. I'm right there with you, man. Once again, this is Charlie One Way Manson Payne with us on Forge in Ohio. By the way, where did the One Way Manson nickname come from?
1: Uh, so the street I grew up on, like everybody calls it the One Way, and I just adopted it. I just made it my own, and then people used to call me Charlie Manson, like it just like it was a random, like just a random nickname. He was calling me Charlie Manson? So then I just combined it.
0: Was there uh, music in the past for One Way Manson, or am I mistaken there?
1: Yeah, I make music, too. Like It's not—it's it's a hobby, more so. I don't really take it that serious, but it's just for the fun of it. I'm, I'm on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Music, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's just a hobby. I love making music.
0: Gotcha, man. So, just a few more for you. You're making your pro debut at 31 years old in December. Do you feel any more pressure with your age to kind of maximize what you have now and stay as active as you can to achieve some of your goals that I'm sure you have in MMA?
1: 100. percent. Like once I, once I, once I had this fight, as long, as long as my coaches say yes, I'm saying yes, and I'm trying to run them up. Like even just like Walt, he just fought September. And going right back at it December, like so. It's, I'm trying to go. I'm trying to be on that same way. Like maybe every every three months, four months, I'm trying to get back in there because, Your body only lasts so long. <laughs> I'm already, <laughs> I'm already getting creaky.
0: Do you, so you imagine a pretty busy 2024 for you.
1: Definitely, definitely. definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, man. I've been talking to a, a lot of amateur and pro fighters, and it sounds like 2024 is going to be a big one for you and a lot of guys I've had on here. Do you allow yourself to think big, though, and do you have many of those like big goals that you want to achieve in, now that you are a pro in mixed martial arts?
1: If I ever get to step foot in a UFC cage, that would be just like I wouldn't even know how to react to that <laughs> in all <laughs> reality. Hopefully, like that's the that's the main goal. Cause I I don't know how many years I got. So talk about being a champion one day or something like that. That's it's, it's far fetched. Never know what could happen, but it's far fetched. But like just being able to step foot in the cage, like or any big promotion, like I, that's just if I could do that, then I, I I won't be too upset. But my main my end goal is to be a coach. Like that's my that's my heart. Like that's what I love love to do even more than fighting. Like I love training and teaching because i know what i remember what it did for me i remember the trajectory i was on and then just getting lost in fighting it was just like okay i ain't got time for anything like i have to be like even partying and stuff like that it's like all right yeah we partying and stuff but like all in all like no risk in getting in trouble or doing that stupid stuff because i need to be able to be a fighter one day like that's and i know even my cousin as well, the one who brought me into it. Like we both, it saved us in that aspect. And I love to do that for other people too. Cause it's just like, some people just, some people don't grow up right. Some people got pent up aggression and there ain't no better place to just, to go than the gym when you got pent up aggression or you got traumas or anything else. Like the gym is the best place to be. Cause you get to go actually let out all that aggression and then shake hands and be best friends with the person you just punched in the face. Like, you can't, can't beat that.
0: I love that, man. Are you trying to open your own gym one day, or do you just really want to be a coach? doesn't really matter where.
1: Eventually one day I like to have my own, but initially, like, I want to train here at the team, and then actually be a part of the team, not just as a fighter, but as a coach as well, and then eventually down the line, like once I have honed in all of my, not just fighting skill, but honed in my coaching skill, because you don't want to just go out on your own and just be like, hey, I'm a coach, and then not have honed it in and taught so many, cause I, I taught classes when I was in the Marine Corps. So like I used to like teach boxing classes and martial arts classes and stuff, but I want to, but that's not like handling contracts, handling this, doing that, always being there with your fighters and traveling. And like, I want to hone all of that in before I actually go try to say that I'm going to do that for somebody. Like I want to be able to, I actually do it, gain the experience, I actually walk the walk in the first place.
0: And what was that experience like teaching and coaching the sport to people in the Marines?
1: I loved it. It was super fun. Especially when people used to call me coach, I used to love that. It was, it was always cool.
0: <laughs> Just instantly earning everybody's uh, respect, it sounds like?
1: Yeah, everybody, everybody knew who I was. Yeah, <laughs> they Thank <do. laughs>
0: And as a competitor, reaching the UFC, having that big goal in mind, how far do you think you are away from actually being able to achieve that one day?
1: It's all about just honing on, honing, all the skills in. Because, like, me competing against – fighting and training is two different things, but actually me, like, competing with some of the guys I do have practice and stuff like that, it's just like – I know – I'm skilled enough to an aspect. Like, I got things I need to elevate in, but I know I'm skilled enough in aspect, and I can – I know I can do it, but it's just right place, right time, right opponent a lot of times. But I just – I might screw myself because I'm never going to say no to nobody. But I know, I know, like, just everything always has to come together. Like, if I would have never hurt my knee last year, where would I have been? Or if I would have never – got hurt back in 2011 where would I be right now 12 years later after fighting all that time like so it's always just luck of the draw sometimes
0: yeah definitely you strike me as a very positive guy do you ever let yourself think about like what would have happened if you didn't get hurt or are you very present mind very positive like I just said as you continue on with your pro debut and the rest of your career
1: I always think about it, but I also let it fuel me too. Like I don't just think about it and be like, "Dang man, if only I would have." 'Cause that's how that's how that's how bums think to me and lazy people. They're like, oh, you know, if only this wouldn't have happened, I could have did it. And like, nah, get your ass up. Like, <laughs> go do, go do it. Still, you still got time. Like, don't be you quitting. Like, I don't want to hear that if only stuff. You quit. All in all, like, so. I I let it motivate me to be like, okay, it's just another challenge. like another, another demon to face, something else to beat another opponent. Like that's all it is.
0: Yeah, man. I think that's a great way to take it. And I'm very excited to see you in the cage December 16th, Canton Civic Center, Cage Thunder 25. You competing alongside a bunch of people there at Strong Style in your gym. Before we wrap up, anything you want to shout out or plug here on the back end of the podcast?
1: I want to shout out all my teammates and my coaches for helping me get to where I'm at. I want to shout out my little cousin, Mujahidee, for even introducing the sport to me and, and getting me into it. I want to shout out my wife, Ashley for always being supportive. And uh, then I want to shout out my daughter just for being my main driving force.
0: Well said, man. Thanks again, Charlie, for joining me on the show. I loved hearing your story, and I'm thrilled to see you alongside your teammates compete live in the Canton Civic Center on December 16th. Like I said, before I let you go, I always ask fighters to join me in doing the OHIO chant to end the show. So I'll ask you to do the same. Oh, OHIO. Thanks, Charlie. Thanks again for joining me, man. I appreciate it. I wish you the best in December, and we'll talk again soon.
1: Thank you for the platform, man. appreciate you.
0: That was Charles one-way Manson Payne, the former six and four amateur mixed martial artist who's preparing for the biggest fight of his life on December 16th in his pro debut. That will be Cage Thunder 25, which will take place inside the Canton Civic Center. Strong style will be well represented on that card, and I'm beyond excited to see him alongside his teammates who I've also had on Forge in Ohio in the past compete that night thank you if you made it this far into episode 53 of forge in ohio we're one year in and while most podcasts crumble or most podcast hosts give up that's not what this show is about, as you can expect new episodes every single Monday. If you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, then don't forget to download the episode and leave the show a good rating. Also, head over to YouTube, search Forge in Ohio, and subscribe to the channel over there. You can search Forge in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook as well to follow the show on socials. Thanks again for watching or tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was... Forged in Ohio.